3: A little bit more of a worry this time we had some rcmp come to the door
2: some panic in pemberton with rapid snow melt causing rivers to rise leaving others stranded near squamish plus
4: natural disaster uh, affecting after the uh, the
5: covid
2: crops crushed by the heat has fraser valley farmers calling on the government for help and Heat stroke, heat-related illness can be deadly. Staying safe in the scorching sun, recognizing the signs as rescue crews respond to multiple cases of heat exhaustion.
6: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening and thanks for joining us. I'm Neetu Garcha. The extreme heat has raised concerns about wildfires, but the scorching temperatures have also triggered flood concerns in the Pemberton Valley. Our Grace Key joins us from the valley with the latest on the evacuation order issued there this weekend. Grace.
7: Yeah, behind me here is the Lillooet River just in Pemberton, and the water levels are high and it is running fast. Right now, this is the key time between 6 p.m. and 5 a.m. That's when the water levels start rising. How much more? That's the key. So conditions will be closely monitored. Now, you can see the runoff from the mountains. It's coming down fast. This heat wave has triggered a large amount of snow melt at the higher elevations of the Lillooet River. Sandbagging stations have been set up in the village and Mount Curie. About 600 people have been put on an evacuation order. That's across the village of Pemberton, the Squamish lillooet Regional District, and the Lillooet First Nation. So far, no structural damage, but the groundwater table levels are the highest on record, so there are some flooded field, uh, fields. We visited one townhouse complex that was put on an evacuation order. Residents say only about half left. The other half is staying put. And-
8: there's the, the dike right behind our house where they built up. They've had a big build-up there before, but that's where the potential is for it to come over.
9: Some of the neighbours filled up sandbags last night. There's a lot of sand back here, and they just kept delivering it to people's houses, which is very nice of them. So as long as there's only uh, six inches of water, we'll be fine.
7: So the next 24 hours are critical. Now, based on some current uh, modelling, the Little River is expected to peak uh, near Pemberton on Thursday. Now, overnight, it did, uh, didn't have the same high flows compared to previous nights, so that's the good news, and they are hoping for this trend to continue. Back to you.
2: All right, Grace Key for us in the Pemberton Valley. Grace, thanks so much for that. And here's another sign of just how high and fast river waters in the Squamish area are running right now due to the rapid snowmelt. Vancouver resident Trevor Adams posted this video after the Elahoe River burst its banks on Friday. At least one vehicle can be seen partially submerged and some people appear to be stranded. Adam said he helped rescue a woman and her dog after the engine in her vehicle had flooded out. And the extreme heat is also proving to be bad for the bottom line for some businesses, including some farmers in the Fraser Valley. Our Ahmad Agahi is at an Abbotsford farm tonight. Ahmad.
1: Well, it didn't take long for this crushing heat to begin impacting agriculture here in the Fraser Valley. At this Abbotsford raspberry farm, minute by minute, hundreds of thousands of dollars are literally evaporating into the air as rows of crop, as far as you can see, may essentially now be useless. Not only affects the, the fruit right now, but it also affects the new shoots which are coming out. So the heat burns. These men, some raspberry farmers for 40 years in Abbotsford, have never seen so much damage in such a short time. Yeah. It should be changing from green to red, look, look but it right. is changing yeah, from yeah, right. green to white, as you can
4: see. Look, look.
1: It is 20 degrees too hot for B.C. raspberries. The sunburnt fruits cannot be sold. They cannot be salvaged, and hundreds, if not thousands of acres of crop are being wasted as temperatures in the area break records.
8: What we're seeing with this heat wave is the raspberry crop is literally being baked. It's being baked and cooked on the vine,
4: and it will have little value, if any, by the time this heat wave is done. And this is a, as uh, some uh, natural disaster uh, affecting after the, uh, the COVID pandemic. So we would like to urge to the Minister of Agriculture to step in Uh, as well as to the federal government officials to step in.
1: Before this heat wave, many farmers were already dealing with challenges. According to them, a third of raspberry production in the Fraser Valley was down. The pandemic had also made it difficult to hire temporary foreign workers. And now, at least here, it looks like they may not be necessary. This would be the time where you would be making the most profit. You'd be picking the fruit and selling it. We start to picking, right? And what may be adding to an already disastrous uh, situation, as you heard uh, from those farmers, is that the heat is expected to stick around. And this part of the Fraser Valley is actually under an air quality advisory for high concentrations of ground-level ozone, which makes working on these farms even harder. Neethu
2: All right, Ahmad Agahi for us. Thanks, Ahmad. Also in the Fraser Valley, Ripple's Winery New Wave Distilling closed its doors today due to the heat. The operator saying it would have been uncomfortable for staff to work with masks on. They cancelled all of their reservations today as a result. On Vancouver Island, Butchart Gardens closed today because of the scorching temperatures. A social media post says the garden will be closed until Wednesday morning. The operator says the extreme heat was affecting its operations. And if you thought the south coast was sweltering, it is nothing in comparison to the interior. In Kamloops, the mid-afternoon temperature at the airport hit 43 degrees, smashing the record high for this day set in 2006. That had people flocking to the banks of the Thompson River. But the concern now is the fire danger rating is rising right across the province.
4: Earlier in the spring, we had a very dry spring and we had a lot of fires. In Camelops, it's it's very standard to have a, a lot of the fires due to our, our regular heat that we have anyway. But uh, once we get into the into the midsummer, where we've had heat like this for a number of weeks, then, then the, the risk is just going to go higher and higher. And, and there's no open burning in, in Camelops uh, anyway, so we just have to be really vigilant uh, going forward when, when things dry out even more.
2: And the Okanagan is experiencing high temperatures that have never been seen this time of year before. A number of records have been set. Kelowna and Vernon hit 38 degrees. Asuyas reached 40 on Saturday. Typically, we wouldn't see this kind of heat until July or August. And Kelowna could reach an all-time high of 41 degrees over the next two days. That would break the previous mark set back in 1998. And parents of elementary school-age children in districts that are not closed for the summer break yet are being advised to confirm their schools are open Monday and Tuesday. So far, Mission, Langley, Delta, Coquitlam, Vancouver, West Vancouver, and Abbotsford school districts have posted notices they will be closed on Monday because of the heat. The list has been growing all afternoon and does not include independent schools, so make sure to check with your child's school ahead of tomorrow. And Lytton set a Canadian record when it comes to temperatures today. And the record-breaking heat will keep coming. Here's meteorologist Yvonne Shell now with the Monday forecast.
10: Yeah, Nithu, Lytton today, all-time record high at uh, 46.6, the old record back in 2015. And also across the country, Lillooet up there with an all-time high at 44.8. The Soyuz in Port Alberni today also seeing record highs. And we have the potential for many areas. Even Metro Vancouver tomorrow could see an all-time record high. Now, over the next 24 hours, overnight lows. This is a big concern. We'll be down into the low 20s for most areas. This is the forecast for the overnight lows. Still very dangerous heat. will start to push in once again. As we get in through the day tomorrow, temperatures into the low 40s, and areas away from the water will be feeling closer to 50 degrees. More on that and the concern that we'll be tracking and how long it will last coming up very shortly.
2: Nithu? Incredible stuff. All right, thanks so much, Yvonne. And the extreme heat is also impacting COVID-19 immunization clinics this weekend. In the Fraser Health region, some clinics had to change their hours or move to other locations today because of a lack of air conditioning. A similar situation on the island where officials have rebooked appointments at the Eagle Ridge Arena, Archie Browning Sports Centre and Gabriola Island. Health officials say all affected people have been notified. And it is a big week for BC's pandemic reopening plan with step three set to go ahead on Canada Day. Keith Baldry is joining us now with more on this. So, Keith, what do you think we can expect from Tuesday's announcement?
9: Yeah, well, I think uh, nothing unexpected, hopefully, but this is the restart plan. So step three is a big one, uh, really starts to open things up. There's about a dozen examples listed on this plan. I've highlighted a few of them. Uh, One of the big ones, of course, is masks now are not going to be mandatory. They're recommended for use. uh, But again, it's just uh, a recommendation, not mandatory in various places. But some some places may require masks. We'll see how that works out. Also, on top of that, there's going to be increased capacity uh, for indoor and outdoor gatherings. No big crowds again. We're not going into thousands of people. We are going to see larger people gathering in, uh, in both indoor and outdoor settings. There are also no group limits in dining rooms now. So you can sit with more than six people at your table. Uh, again, uh, return because our vaccination rates are so high, our numbers are down. We're going to be able to do these things with more, uh, less restrictions. Limited spectators at indoor sports. Again, don't expect to have arenas filled to 100% capacity, but we are going to see people in smaller numbers attend indoor sports. So that's good implications potentially for someone, a team like the BC Lions when their season starts uh, get going as well. So again, a reminder this week, tomorrow there will be the regular Monday briefing from Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix. Then on Tuesday, Premier John Horgan will be joining those two and I think probably uh, Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth as well because he's the one who has to formally uh, sort of, n- well, not extend the state of emergency that's been in place for well more than a year. So a big day happening uh, for a couple days this week and then of course the big day, July 1st, when we can start moving around with greater frequency. And potentially, if you don't want to wear a mask, you don't have to, with certain exceptions.
2: Can't even imagine that at this point. Some encouraging signs as everybody is encouraged to keep getting those vaccines. All right. Yeah. Thanks for that, Keith. Well, with many hitting the road and enjoying the outdoors during BC's heat wave, first responders are very busy. Kristen Robinson has more on the dangers associated with our extreme temperatures and what experts say sun seekers need to do to prevent heat exhaustion. The dangers of cooling off on display at Lynn Canyon.
11: Firefighters rescue a cliff jumper trapped on the river's edge. The 23-year-old swept away by the fast-flowing water.
1: We had uh, stretch resources today with multiple rescues going on at the same time.
11: With people taking risks in the scorching July and August-like temperatures as BC reopens, Paramedics are responding to more recreational injuries.
5: We're
8: seeing earlier than normal um, heat waves that are unprecedented. So I don't think people are prepared the way we would be normally later in the summer.
11: During a moment of silence under the blistering sun at a Black Lives Matter rally Friday, a woman passed out, falling backwards to the ground. Organizers had planned for the heat, and first aid teams rushed to her aid kids and seniors among those most at risk for heat exhaustion, the best advice, stay cool, hydrated, and take breaks from the sun.
12: Heat stroke, heat-related illness can be deadly, particularly for certain individuals who are more vulnerable to heat-related illness. So it's very important that people take precaution. The breeze off the river makes it Me,
11: I would like to find uh, a glacier to go sit (laughs) beside. Those looking to chill, frozen out of ice at this gas station in West Vancouver. But in Delta, there's no horsing around with this mare. The heat wave not unbearable for some. This trio taking a dip in Coquitlam in a brief splash and dash captured on
2: camera. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Coming up after the break, another church found on fire. That
13: church was built by our ancestors in the late 1800s.
2: The message from members of the local indigenous community and the extra precautions being taken,
14: and. Our elders have been talking about this for many years. It's been hidden. The grief and the
2: relief as members of the Cowlaces First Nation honor those buried in unmarked graves. Additional protection measures have been put in place surrounding the St. Paul's Anglican Church on the Gitwanga Indian Band on northwestern B.C. after a suspicious fire early Saturday morning.
13: Emotions are really high right now with everything that we're seeing, with uh, the world awakening to the residential school traumas that we've known about for decades. Um, but I want to say that I remember this church being such a sense of pride for many of our elders.
2: Chief Sandra Laren says the fire department was able to extinguish the blaze before it spread to the interior of the building, but there is damage to the front door and smoke damage inside. She says there are many people triggered and angered by the unmarked burial sites uncovered at residential school sites around the country, but she says there are many elders who find healing and comfort through religion. She is calling for respect and calm, and for non-Indigenous people to educate themselves to become better allies to stand with those who are hurting.
13: But when you don't feel the change and the impact, uh, and it's on you to seek out healing for your traumas uh, because it's not coming to you and it's still not readily available, um, you know, then yeah, people are acting out and. That's going to be hard to just keep in a positive, respectful way, even though that's, that's really our teachings from our ancestors.
2: Four Catholic churches in the B.C. interior have been destroyed by fires over the past week. Each one is under investigation. New Hazleton RCMP say they're looking into any possible connection to the other fires. The Cowessess First Nation hosted a public gravesite vigil Saturday night to honor the estimated 751 unmarked graves recently discovered in a field near where a residential school once stood. As Heather, urex west explains, the emotional night was a time for mourners to gather together in prayer.
15: They came with their families. With small children the same age residential school survivors were first taken from their families a few generations ago.
14: Personally, I didn't attend the school. Um, my parents did, and my grandparents on both sides. Um, definitely um, intergenerational survivors is what I consider myself.
15: Almost everyone at this vigil has a connection to those found buried here. It's why the Cowess' First Nation opened up the gathering to anyone who felt compelled to join them in grief.
0: We had a lot of support from all the communities around the area here because they all have loved ones here.
15: The unmarked graves are now identified with both a flag and a small solar light. It's been an emotional week for many families, but the discovery has also come with some solace.
14: There's definitely grief that goes along with what's what's been found out, um, but there's also a sense of relief because we've been talking about this, our community, our people, our elders have been talking about this for many years. It's been hidden uh, for so long.
15: At 7:51, mourners marked a moment of silence before residential school survivors shared stories of a past filled with pain.
14: It was so important. It was important for me to be with with my community, with my leadership, um, and take part in in the process of honoring, you know, the children that went through residential school.
15: The work is not done yet. The Cowess's First Nation plans to continue with its survey of the ground to ensure no grave sites are missed. Then the process begins of putting names to each one. Heather, Eurex West, Global News, Kawas First Nation, Saskatchewan.
2: These developments will be triggering for some. Anyone experiencing distress as a result of their residential school experience can access the National Indian Residential School Crisis Line at 1-866-925-4419. It is available 24 hours a day. It is toll-free and confidential. Burnaby RCMP are issuing another plea tonight as they try to identify the suspect in a hit-and-run last weekend that claimed the life of a father, husband and a well-known member of the Grain Workers Union. Kristen Robinson has more.
11: Flowers mark the Burnaby intersection where a motorcyclist was killed by a hit-and-run driver just over a week ago.
1: It's a senseless
5: crime uh, where a man has lost his life.
11: 59-year-old Mark Peters was riding his Harley to work around 9.30 p.m. on Saturday, June 19th, when police say he was rear-ended by a vehicle and thrown from his bike at Canada Way in Imperial Street. The driver of a black 2002 Honda Accord fled the scene, but left a big clue behind, the car's bumper and license plate.
5: Not only did someone not get to go home or to work, as it were, that night, um, a lot of loved ones are missing. Uh, are missing this victim right now
11: on a gofundme page in his memory friends note that mark would have been the first to help out anyone else who had faced a tragedy such as this
5: that's a, a small community uh, as big as we are we're, we're all connected and uh,
1: it's a tough go
11: corporal kalange's own father seen in the photo behind him was vice president of the grain workers union and worked with peters at north vancouver's richardson terminal
5: They feel like they've all lost a brother.
11: RCMP are still seeking dash cam video and asking anyone living within a kilometer of Imperial and Canada Way to check their home surveillance.
5: You might not think there's something on there, uh, but somewhat it could be a a piece of evidence that gets us where we need to go quicker.
11: While urging the suspect driver to do the right thing.
5: If you just come forward and tell us what happened, uh, it'd be a whole lot easier.
2: Kristen Robinson, Global News. And coming up, the latest on the search for survivors in the Florida condo tower collapse. Plus.
3: We were actually denied access to access um, the road that way.
2: Eco tour operators shut out after being shut down. How RCMP roadblocks are hampering their return to business. And.
12: I will uh, be able to return home and actually teach my language in the school.
2: How a COVID 19 healing song is helping younger generations learn their indigenous language. Now, to an unexpected consequence of police enforcement over the ongoing protest blockades at Ferry Creek on Vancouver Island. Tourism companies, which are just beginning to start up again with the lifting of restrictions, are finding themselves shut out by the roadblocks. Paul Johnson explains.
3: It's the thousand year old trees, just those ancient giants. They're magical, they're mystical, they're humbling, and they're not anywhere else
6: in the world. In the rainforests of southern Vancouver Island near Port Renfrew, there's a natural tourist draw in the pockets of old growth like Avatar Grove and the massive giants like the world-famous tree known as Big Lonely Doug.
3: They want to see those special hidden gems that they don't know where they are.
6: Drea Harrison is one of a handful of ecotourism operators in the area. For 12 years, she's guided people from all over the world on day and overnight trips to the forest. She had high hopes for a rebound from the pandemic until this happened.
7: The police are in retreat before the people's will.
6: The ongoing civil disobedience campaign by those trying to stop logging of old growth in nearby Ferry Creek has resulted in the RCMP shutting down public access to the region. Drea recently found herself in this awkward situation with a carload of paying customers.
3: When we reached the roadblock and we asked to go through and I introduced myself as a guide and my guests and we asked to go through just as far as Avatar, we were actually denied
6: access. Still busy arresting people defying a court injunction to not interfere with the logging. The RCMP didn't respond to our questions about the policy for ecotourists who aren't part of the protests. Mounties' policy of enforcing a de facto exclusion zone on public land is also being challenged in the courts by the Canadian Association of Journalists. Here's how Mounties dealt with global news when we tried to get up close to the arrests. You will be arrested if you do not comply. But mounting a formal legal challenge is likely beyond the means of Port Renfrew's independent ecotourism outfits, whose strategy for this summer appears to be hope for the best.
3: I do have tours coming up in the following weeks and I'm not sure what those are going to look like.
6: Paul Johnson, Global News.
2: Three Canadian families are among those affected by the tower collapse north of Miami. The death toll is now at nine and at least 150 people are still missing. Hope is fading for those who are waiting for any news of their loved ones. Reggie Cicchini is at the site and has an update.
5: As each day fades and more hours go by, it becomes increasingly more difficult for families to hold out hope as rescue crews continue a frantic search, uncovering more victims and more human remains. More than four days after a still-unknown catastrophic failure caused the building to pancake, it's a round-the-clock effort. Smoldering debris from sporadic fires deep under the debris added to the treacherous conditions. Officials say those are now under control. Water jets have been feverishly spraying down the twisted pile of concrete and steel, along with fragments of people's lives. Crews are working in a zone cleared by large machinery, a 12-meter-deep trench that's allowing for critical access. In some cases, only partial remains have been discovered with family members now giving DNA to allow for rapid testing and being transported to and from the scene in local city buses. And while this has been a traumatic shockwave across this town, families across the United States and also in Canada are reeling. Global Affairs tells us three Canadian families have been affected by the collapse and they're working to provide as much support as possible. We don't know what services people are going to need, but uh, this is a shocking situation,
3: so they may just be saying, I need to get there can you help me figure this out families will
5: contact us so they're looking for someone can we help them the building has a sister tower that could face an emergency evacuation over concerns for its structural safety there are growing questions over the integrity of the collapsed building with a 2018 report detailing cracks at the base that needed an urgent fix and were left to deteriorate the building was awaiting a 40-year recertification by the state and had been told to fix outstanding issues in order for it to pass. Now, given the fact that this could take weeks, if not months, to figure out what actually happened, answers for so many are still out of reach. At the reunification centre, we've seen families embracing each other. They're given private briefings by emergency officials before any of that information is given to the public in order to do so in a respectful manner. Reggie Chikini, Global News, Surfside, Florida.
2: Coming up next, documenting the pandemic while preserving a language.
12: My wife's been learning the language so she can teach her kids, so our house is covered in little phrases.
2: How two BC brothers created a song aimed at healing in more ways than one. Two brothers on Vancouver Island have created a healing song to document the pandemic for Indigenous communities. And while it will record an important period of history, it's also helping younger generations learn their language. Jay Durant has more.
4: Yalmer Winstab created the beats, beats. Timmy Masu came up with the words Thomas. and the song is the continuation of tradition that they feel has gone quiet in recent years
12: uh, Historically, our, our nation's always really recorded these big historical events and, and it really fell on the artists and the communities to, to do that We'd raise polls, you know, telling the history of smallpox or contact uh, to the coast <laughs>
4: But it's the closed captioning that's added a little something extra. A chance for people to absorb their ancestral Nuchalnuth language. So many people are so happy to have a song that they're allowed to learn. Masu has done so much to help educate. The UVic student has been a strong advocate for language revitalization. And
12: if you get a root
4: word, then you can add the Indians or... And his hard work is paying off.
12: I kind of think of my niece and nephew. Uh, they're able to introduce themselves, or my niece, is she's able to introduce herself in New Cholneth, And it's just so wonderful to see. I don't know if you can see it behind me or not, but uh, my wife's been learning the language so she can teach her kids, so our house is covered in little phrases.
4: The brothers have been instrumental in carrying on cultural traditions for their communities finish one idea, it's on to the next.
12: You know, we're, we're actually looking to work on a poll for our community to record COVID. Um, this coming uh, this coming year, we're going to be carving a, a totem pole for our community here at Tyastanus. In a year and a half, I will uh, be able to return home and actually te- teach my language in the school.
4: And the healing song will be a good tool that's already helped people connect during a troubled time. gosh. Jay Durant, Global News.
2: And if you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to B.C. that people need to know about, you can email your ideas to Jay at thisisbc at globalnews.ca. The 102-year-old Oak Bay veteran is doing it again with another 102 laps for children. The one difference this year because of the heat in a moment. But first, let's focus in on that heat. Bringing back meteorologist Yvonne Shell now for a look at the forecast. My goodness, just a few minutes out there and you could feel it.
10: Incredible with temperatures just soaring. We've got record-breaking heat as well as all-time records falling through the day today. So we're scat- shattering. Uh, a number of them. We'll continue to see that. Here's a quick snapshot of what it looks outside and the temperatures with the humidex away from the water, especially into the Fraser Valley right now. It's feeling closer to 50 degrees in Whistler into the low 40s. Areas near Litton, that's where we saw the hottest spot across the country and for the province and areas near Kamloops. We can see that with the temperatures soaring into the 40s. A quick glance now, so the all-time record highs. We've broken it for Lytton and Littlewet. Kamloops included within that. Kelowna has the potential over the next two to three days. Abbotsford today getting into the low 40s. And for Vancouver, our all-time record high for June, A record was back in 2013 and that was 31 degrees. We'll likely break that for tomorrow and then an all-time record uh, for was in July of 2009 and it was 34.4. So we'll be watching these records. It's incredible and significant because we typically see these record highs and temperatures in July and August and we're tracking them now in June. Now for coastal areas, we are looking at the um, extreme danger, especially the peak of the heat being for tomorrow and for areas inland, the peak of the heat still midweek. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and then a slight reprieve as we get towards the end of the week. It'll be a touch cooler, but still very... Very hot. We can see that in Abbotsford, so temperatures still soaring tomorrow into the 40s, but it's the Humidex where it's going to feel like 50 degrees. Areas into the Okanagan for Kelowna, we'll see the peak of the heat for Tuesday, Wednesday. Quick update and a reminder, the fire danger rating now. We're starting to see that shift with orange indicating high. We've got a few spots at extreme, so please be very diligent with your cigarette and any outdoor activities that could cause human-caused fires. If you do spot one, call Star Fire. 5555. Five, five, five. Northern half of the province, it's inland that we've got the heat. Warning that is in effect. Temperatures will be soaring with the humid into to the 40s, pushing closer to 40 degrees across the central interior and for the southern half of the province where some of the hottest days will still be for Tuesday and Wednesday. Along the south coast significant. This is dangerous, record breaking, all time highs. Tomorrow away from the water, feeling like 50 degrees. Tuesday we will be up to 35 degrees and then on Wednesday onwards, temperature Temperatures will still be into the upper 20s, pushing closer to 30 degrees. Neethu? Oh, the trend continues. All right, thanks, Yvonne. A
2: 102-year-old Second World War II veteran on Vancouver Island who made headlines with his strides last year We'll be back at it again starting tomorrow. You may remember John Hillman of Oak Bay. During the start of the pandemic, he was inspired by his comrade, Captain Tom Moore in the UK, who walked laps to raise funds for the National Health Service. At the young age of 101, John also walked, raising $169,000 for Save the Children's COVID Relief Fund to support children and families in need. Well, starting Monday... He will aim to walk 102 laps for Save the Children once again. The only concession to the extreme heat, he's starting his walk at 9 a.m. instead of 10 a.m. as first planned.
10: Incredible. Wow.
8: I think he should start it at 3 a.m. No actually. I
10: think so. Temperatures wow. will spill in. yeah. Being, yeah.
8: <laughs> no, I wouldn't wear the jacket this time
10: no. if I were in. No kidding. It's
2: if you right. stood up, Barry, everyone would see the wardrobe <laughs> secret, wouldn't they?
8: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay cool. But, you know, and it was what? Record breaking heat. Sign so to talk hockey because what else do you talk about in Canada? <laughs> Stanley Cup final start tomorrow in Tampa Bay. Montreal Canadiens are going to have to make a lineup change, uh, change, so I'll tell you about that. Nothing serious, but an old friend has propped up again uh, concerning the Habs. And uh, also the uh, Euro 2020, a couple of great uh, knockout stage games, highlights of that as well.
2: Looking forward to all that. Thanks, Barry. Also coming up, agricultural workers worried about the changing climate. What we're experiencing right now seems to be unprecedented. From the heat wave to flooding, farmers are facing new problems in the Pemberton Valley. Well, the extreme heat and flood concerns in the Pemberton Valley this week are just the latest issue facing farmers in the region. They've been adapting to the changing climate for some time now, but even they're surprised by this unprecedented heat wave. Videographer Sharon Bates reports. It's heating up for farmers in the Pemberton Valley.
0: It's debilitating come the afternoon. It's just so hot.
3: Sometimes the sun hurts. It kind of pierces. What we're experiencing right now seems to be unprecedented. I've only been here 10 years and certainly don't remember the temperatures getting this hot for this long at this time of the year when the days are so long.
0: Adapting to changes in weather has always been part of farming, but with increased frequency and severity of weather events like this week's record-breaking heat, agricultural producers are facing significant challenges. Putting shade cloth over the entire farm is just, you, you can't afford to do that as a farmer. You can water more, you can grow varieties that are more heat tolerant, but you have to know then if it's going to be a hot or a cold June beforehand. And, it, and it's hard to know that right now because it does change pretty drastically. With B.C. summers becoming hotter and drier, and a change in precipitation patterns, farmers are having to adapt.
3: We had to start watering because we weren't getting enough rain. It used to rain like once a month, every month of the year and then it started raining once a month but only say at the beginning of the month and then the end of the next month and that's just not enough. We had to put down a well and get some water going and make the big investment. A lot of the farmers around here they rely on um, irrigation from snow-fed creeks and streams. You know if they've got a limited amount of snowpack up high and all of that melts out or a lot of it significantly belts out in these two weeks of the heat dome um, and the significant temperatures then how much is going to be left of that in august when they still need to irrigate
0: managing the crops is not the only challenge farmers face working outside in these temperatures is also difficult to navigate how we deal with with the heat with our crew with our staff not burning out in the heat is is a major challenge our harvest window is much smaller because it gets so hot so quickly now so we have to get up much earlier and start harvesting at six or even before that. There's a lot of extra challenges and it just, it adds cost and it makes it a harder job.
3: And one way to make the heat tolerable,
5: build a pool.
3: Uh, This pool was born out of our, this feeling of desperation that we have around the heat. So we basically just dug out the drainage ditch a little more and we're piping in our irrigation water, which is this beautiful Crystal clear, clean water from about 120 feet down. I no longer feel desperate. I just feel cool. Sharon Bates, Global
0: News.
2: Still ahead. Is it hot enough to fry an egg outside? Well, we took some pans to the parking lot during the hottest hours of the day to find out the results of our egg experiment. Next.
4: With more than 200 distinct indigenous communities in BC, this summer learn more about indigenous cultures at one of the many museums and cultural centers across the province. Experience the ancient knowledge and wisdom of the tsleil Nation on a guided kayak or walking tour with Takaya Tours in North Vancouver. Visit the Umista Cultural Center in Alert Bay or enjoy traditional storytelling and nature watching in Campbell River with Homolka Wildlife and Cultural Tours. And wherever you go in our beautiful province, remember the footsteps of those
5: who have gone before. Brought to you by Destination BC. Plan your summer getaway at explorebc.com.
2: All right, Barry's in for a look at sports. A big night for hockey tomorrow, Barry, but some bad signs when it comes to the impact of the pandemic on
8: players. Yeah, it's has been thought uh, we may be over this with the Canadians mm-hmm. at least, who got hit by uh, COVID before the Canucks even did, but it's uh, reared its ugly head again. On the eve of the Stanley Cup final, the Montreal Canadiens' forward depth has taken a hit for the second time this season. Finnish winger Yoel Armia has been placed in the NHL's COVID protocol. Armia did not skate at the Habs practice today, did not travel to Tampa Bay for tomorrow night's game one. Armia spent 19 days away from the team back in March in COVID protocol. It's uncertain how much time he will miss this time. Canadians head coach Dominique Ducharme is still in COVID protocol after testing positive June 18th. But he is expected to return behind the bench for game three Friday in Montreal. Luke Richardson will continue to be the head coach in games one and two in Tampa. Soccer now, Euro 2020, round of 16. Czech Republic meeting the Netherlands, the Dutch, 3-0 in the uh, round-robin stage, but not a good game today. Patrick Schick going for the ball. Matthias De Litt intentionally played the ball there, and they reviewed it. Initially a yellow card, but after VAR, they said that is a red because he it was a deliberate attempt to deny a scoring chance. So a huge moment. The Dutch down to 10 men, and the Czechs take big advantage. Thomas Holez finishing off the uh, double header there. Perfect execution of the set piece. And the Czech fans are jubilant. 80th minute, Holes with the steal. And he will set up the clincher by Patrick Schick. 2-0 the final. Czechs onto the quarters where they'll meet Denmark next Saturday. First time they've made it to the quarters since 2012 Euro. The other quarterfinal today, two of the world's best, Portugal and Belgium. This could have easily been a semi or championship matchup. Late first half, the Belgian strike, and it's Torgan Hazard with a fantastic shot from distance. Check out the swerve on that ball. That is world-class. 1-0 Belgium at the break. Early second half, this is not good. Kevin De Bruyne fouled from behind, twists his ankle, forced to leave the game. Tough month for De Bruyne, fractured his face in the Champions League final. And now this, Portugal pressing for the equalizer late, but it's uh, Belgian goalkeeper Thibaut Courtois smothering the shot, and Belgium survives. They win it 1-0, and that sets up a fantastic quarterfinal with Italy next Friday. Well, the Whitecaps snapped their five-game losing streak last night in Seattle with a two-all draw against the Sounders. Whitecaps did lead the game early in the second half, but ended up settling for a point, which was still an outstanding result considering the sweltering conditions, the quality of their opponent, and playing on the road. It wasn't a win, but the kind of effort that can get them back on the right track.
12: Lachandre, going over the top, DeHome is there, can he get it around the
8: keeper? He does, nothing but net, and it's in! DeHome on the long ball, converts for Vancouver, and it is a 1-1 game. Nicely handled by Christian Dahomey, swinging that into the box, and there's Cavallini on his foot, and it's in! Lucas Cavallini charging into the box, and his mere
4: presence allows a 2-1 Vancouver lead. The commitment of the team, you know, this week, a lot of people, uh, when people that had to deal with the media, I heard a lot about losing the locker room and things like that. And a locker room that's lost doesn't answer like that, you know.
8: All right, Orioles and Blue Jays from Buffalo closing out their four-game set. Third inning tied at one until Vladdy Guerrero Jr. does it again, pulls one inside the bag at third. That one goes all the way to the wall. Marcus Simeon and Reese McGuire come around to score 3-1 Jays. Vladdy's 65th and 66th RBI to lead the majors. In the fifth, Kevin Biggio gives this one a ride to left. Guerrero Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez score on the double, and the Jays take three of four from the O's, five to the final. Jays have jumped past the Yankees into third in the American League East with a 40 36 record. PGA Tour in Connecticut for the Travelers Championship. Harris English at the 18th. This is a 28 footer for birdie and he will knock it in shot a 5 under 65 and English took the clubhouse lead at 13 under par but Kramer Hickok had a chance to force a playoff needs this 9 footer for birdie on 18 and he clutches up that's down for birdie we are going to a playoff and man did we go to a playoff second playoff hole Hickok from 40 feet this is essentially for the win is it there? but lips out Now, his family flew in overnight. He doesn't know they're even there. They can't believe it. That close to his first-ever career victory. Sixth playoff hole, Hickok fired his first putt about 15 feet past, but then hammers in the par putt to keep the playoff going. Eighth playoff hole, seventh time these guys have played the 18th hole today, and English finally ends it with an 18-footer for birdie. English wins his second tournament of the season. It's the second longest playoff in PGA Tour history. Final round of the Women's PGA Championship from just outside Atlanta, Georgia. It was all Nelly Korda. Started the day tied with Lizette Salas for the lead, but check out this approach on the par 5 fifth from 2.43 and just flushes it as good a shot as you will see. Bounces it to within a foot. That is a tap-in eagle there, and she takes the lead and really never looked back at the 12th after Salas made bogey. Korda with another eagle attempt, rolls it in. It's a three-shot swing, and she wins her first major by three shots. The KPMG Women's PGA Championship also goes to number one in the world rankings. Brooke Henderson of Canada finished 21st. Austrian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, starting from the pole, Red Bull racing on its home track in the Austrian Alps. Back-to-back weekends of races in Austria. It was all for Verstappen. He just needed a clean start. Got it. Pulled away from Lewis Hamilton and the pack, and left everyone in his dust. Verstappen leading from start to finish, blows away the field. one by a staggering 35 seconds. Fourth win of the season. Extends his series lead over Hamilton to 18 points. Hamilton was second, Valtteri Bottas third, Lance Stroll of Canada eighth, Nicolas Latifi also Canada 17th. And second stage of the Tour de France, a 183-kilometer stage. Uneventful day though, no crashes, not like the carnage yesterday. Late in the race, Dutch rider Matthew van der Poel pulls away from the pack about 700 meters from the finish line powers his way up the hill and races away to the finish line and gets the second stage, takes the overall yellow leader's jersey. France's Julian Alaphilippe is second. Ottawa's Michael Woods, 11th in today's stage, 90-second overall, 9 minutes, 7 seconds back. And that's it for sports. you back to you.
2: Thanks so much, Barry. Is it hot enough to fry an egg outside? We put the elements to the test today. We'll have the results of our egg experiment next. It is the cliche stunt done by reporters during an extreme heat wave, cracking an egg to see if it will fry under the baking sun. So, of course, we had to carry out our own egg experiment and competition. Take a look.
5: Here we are. We're in the Global BC parking lot. It's just before 4pm. Nithu has the eggs. They've just come out of the fridge.
2: They're chilled, they're cooled, and these pans, both metal, as you can see here, have been outside for about half an hour.
5: Okay, I don't think this is gonna work. I do not think the eggs will fry you.
2: Okay, here's where we differ. I think it's gonna work. I am cooking out here. I can only imagine that the eggs would cook. And plus, the pans are metal. This is around the hottest time of the day, I believe. It's pretty hot. I think it's gonna work. Should we give it a go? Let's give it a go. Let's find out. Okay, no instant cooking.
5: Okay. Now we wait, we'll start the clock and see what happens.
2: Oh okay. okay. Interesting. Something's oh, happening. The yolk has definitely morphed. It's a different consistency and shape. You know what? It's starting to cook. You can tell.
5: Starting is the key word, yeah. for sure.
2: <laughs> Nobody said this was gonna be a fast process. No, but right? you can
5: and look right there, you can actually see something happening there. That's
2: right. <laughs>
10: melted face.
5: We have a
8: lot of time to kill around here on Sundays.
10: Yeah, we, we do. absolutely have. We are supposed
8: to cook it on the pavement,
10: aren't I was going to say, we yeah. could have put on the cement we with did. the extra. I'm going to run outside. And I'll post an snack.
8: update
2: on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jordan will be here at 11. Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs>